Welcome to Mind Your Own Karma, The Adoption Chronicles. I'm your host, Melissa Brunetti. In this second season of Mind Your Own Karma, we're tackling the subject of adoption. Yes, adoption most of the time is a wonderful experience. You have the generous birth parents, the excited adoptive parents, and this lucky little baby. Everyone lives happily ever after, right? But what I want you to know is, there's so much more to these stories. I'm an adoptee myself, and I want to bring all sides of the adoption journey to you in hopes to educate you and to bring understanding to the subject. We're about to get real and raw here, so let's dive right in. Hey there, Karma Crew. Welcome to Mind Your Own Karma, the Adoption Chronicles. I'm your host, Melissa Brunetti. This is part two of Rick Feltner's adoption and foster care story. I hope you caught part one. If you didn't, you can go back and listen to it. If not, you can start right here and listen to part two. On today's episode, we are going to tackle the subject of adoption fog and what that means exactly and how adoption affects who we are and what we do. And then we'll discuss how to break free from that. And then we are going to talk about Rick Feltner has made some meditations specifically designed for the adoptee in mind and how the adoption traumas that we go through can affect our chakras and how his guided meditations can help us work through those. So super exciting stuff. You are going to learn a lot in this episode. So let's dive right into Rick Feltner's story part two. So you talked about the fog and this is a kind of a new concept that, you know, you're here, I'm hearing a lot now. Mm -hmm. Um, So why don't you talk about what you, what your definition of the fog is? Cause I don't think I have said it on the podcast. So talk about that a little bit. What's your definition? What was it like for you coming out of the fog? Um, So my definition, I guess, is just um, when, when you're in the fog, you don't believe that adoption or relinquishment has affected you in any way that, you know, uh, you believe everything was for the best and, you know, there's, there's no reason to, to question anything coming out of the fog is admitting that, okay, there's, there's some underlying issues here. There's, there's, there's things I probably should address Um, because we all have behaviors, whether that's, you know, uh, like I said before, anxiety or, you know, anger issues or an addiction or, you know, whatever, uh, however that manifests itself. And you may, and there may be other things though that are underlying issues for that as well. But I still believe that primal wound started that, that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you don't recognize that, that's when you're in the fog. When you do recognize that, that's when you're coming out of the fog. Um, I think for me, I would say I started coming out of the fog in high school. Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's a little early. Um, yeah. Um, but again, I think the age I was adopted at and having having prior knowledge of a, a, a pre-existing life before this family made that a little more real to me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I always had the questions. Um, and so it's not that I never questioned it before high school. It's just that you can start recognizing, you know, um, I, when I was a kid, I, I had, I had anger issues. I had a lot of 
issues that I just thought were just me being a bad kid. And, and, Mm -hmm. and I believe my adopted parents just kind of made that out to me just being a bad kid, you know? And so, you know, and so I just felt guilt all the time. Like, why, why am I this way? Why am I, you know, you know, why did I lie? Why did I do this? And, you know, um, and I just felt like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, these people took me in and, you know, and are trying to give me a good life. And here I am betraying their trust and this, that, and the other thing. And, and I just, you know, and I felt awful and and all that responsibility rested on me as guilt. Mm -hmm. And then I think, in high school, it just kind of hit me like, well, maybe there are underlying issues of why I am this way and why, you know, why I'm not functioning well in school, why, why I don't want to be honest with my parents all the time, um, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and I felt like it stemmed from the unanswered questions that I had. So when did you actually start working on that? Because it's probably hard to do when you're a teenager. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, honestly, I think, you know, I think meeting my my biological family uh, on my mother's side at that age helped because I had some questions answered. And so I kind of felt like, okay, I'm good now, you know, problem solved. But then as I became an adult um, and started having my own children and then recognizing just how rejected I would feel over the smallest things and just always worry, you know, does this person really want to be with me? Do they really like me? Um, Is this just a sham? Um, You know, I started recognizing that probably in my thirties, I would say. And, you know, were you correlating it to adoption? Yeah. Yeah. so, so, uh, one thing that's always been kind of a, an issue in my early childhood and it's kind of a weird topic, but I had an issue with, with bedwetting and, um, and, and this is what got me one day. It just hit me and, and I had a lot of issues with it because of how it was addressed. And so, um, mm. I, and so, and again, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of negative emotions there. One day I thought, I wonder if that has anything to do with relinquishment or adoption. Um, And I just did some research and come to find out it is pretty common in foster kids and adopted kids to have a bedwetting issue. Wow. Uh, Wow. Okay. Well, if, if that could be from that, then what else could be from that? And that's when I started finding adoptee communities online and just started, everything just started clicking. And it's like, oh my gosh, this person feels this way. And this person feels this way. And this person feels this way. And it's like, okay, so there is something more here. It's not just me being, you know, a bad person or, you know, it just, you know, issues in my head. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a real thing that affects a lot of people. Um, and so that's when I really started doing the work. And, and I guess for a while it was just like validating that, okay, yes, you know, I've had these issues, these issues, these issues. So do other people that have been through what I've been through. And I just kind of left it at that. And I would say after my last marriage, is when I really started doing the work of what can I do 
to better myself to not allow these things to affect my life, affect my job, affect my relationship. And so that's when I really started trying to figure out, okay, so yes, there's, there's the primal wound and there's issues that that has caused in my life, but it doesn't have to continue to be a pattern. Um, it does that you can, you know, um, I believe that the brain is very elastic. If you allow it to be, I think it can change. I think you can change oh, yeah. thought patterns. I think you can change behaviors, Definitely. but you have to be open to that in order to allow that change to happen. So that's when I really started working on myself, which I would say is only about three years ago, you know, after my last divorce, um, I really started looking at what can I do better for me just to be a better me so that I, I'm better for somebody else. I'm better for my children. I'm better for the next relationship I get into. Yeah. Um, you know, what can I do just to fix myself so that I'm not jealous or I'm not uh, worrying all the time or I'm not emotional or I'm not, you know, and not that emotions are bad. But the triggers, the triggers. Yeah. What can I do so that I'm not triggered all the time or at least recognize the trigger and not allow that normal behavior to happen because of that trigger? Um, and so, yeah, I would say it's probably been within the last three years that I've really started working on that. So there was another little quote that I pulled off of Facebook and you said, I'm not saying adoptees have a free pass on overcoming adversity. I am saying let's acknowledge that there is adversity to overcome and find resources for help. So do you feel like you use that adoption as a crutch all those years into saying, well, it was because I was adopted. It's because I was adopted. That's the way I am. And then you finally decided, you know, kind of coming out of that fog and saying, I can make myself better. I can look at these triggers and yeah, I can change. Yes. Yeah. I ever intentionally use it as a crutch. Um, yeah, I think for the longest time, I had no idea that it even really affected me the way it did. Mm. And then once I did know that again, I said, I, as I said before, it, it, it was just a validation process. Like I felt okay to be that way. And um, which, which was, I think it's a necessary step as well. Yeah. You were coming to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's the reasons, you know, why. And so I don't know that I ever intentionally use it as a crutch, mm -hmm. but I, until you know that it is an issue and that, and you accept that it's okay that I have these issues, you have to come to that point before you can actually say, now, what can I do? to better myself and to change that. So, and I think that's like a, another huge hurdle in all those layers I was talking about earlier is do you want to, once you realize those triggers, you know, that, that you were a victim of this trauma, are you going to stay a victim and keep your victim card? Right. Or are you going to, you know, look at yourself and try and, and get over that and make it better? Cause I really feel like there's some people that don't want to. I agree. And they just want to stay there. And I think that's sad. I understand it. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people still don't feel heard. And until they feel heard, right, they're not ready to change. You know, they're still going to be throwing that little tantrum because nobody's listening. So right. I don't know. I think that's a really tough, obviously personal uh, choice to make, whether you're going to stay stuck or not. Right. For me, I'm hoping that 
that's how I can help is to, to get out of that rat race of, you know, staying the victim. And because you, you yourself are enough. Exactly. You are enough, even though you've had whatever grief, trauma, all that, you are still enough. And so I am hoping that's what I can kind of help people bring with these stories and things. And that's awesome. That's, that's great. And I think I, I want to get into your podcast more and learn more about it. Cause I, I, I love what you're doing. And I, and I think, you, you know, you're right. And, and there are people that just want to stay hurt and point fingers and blame and all that. And like I said, I think that is a necessary stage yes. to acknowledge that, that yes, you, you have been a victim you know, uh, of a terrible situation yeah. that, you know, I, I don't wish anybody to go through that. Yeah. Um, I don't, but, and, and it's not, it's not just adoption trauma, you know, uh, losing a loved one, you know, losing a child, you know, uh, being in a war, losing, you know, your, your, your friends in battle, you know, all of those are traumas yeah. that if you just stay there, and, you know, I want to be careful what I say, because I don't want anybody to feel like I'm judging them for suffering right. because right. I don't, I just, no, I think it's just, you see, you see them. I see you. Yes. I'm holding space for you. Exactly. Wherever you're at, I'm holding space for you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I'm acknowledging it. I, but yes, I, I want to be like you. I want to be the hand up yes. like, Hey okay, yes, this is terrible. This happened to you. But like I said, the brain can change. You can change patterns. You can change thought processes and you can't change what happened to you. That's, that's always going to be a part of you. And validating that is a wonderful thing, but staying stuck there as the victim, as you said, you know, is it's not a healthy place to be uh, because you're going to continue to create the same cycles in your life that you've been creating because of past experiences that have made you that way. Yeah. I was um, another thing that you said on Facebook. Yes. I stalked you a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You were talking about putting the wallpaper over the hole in the wall, you know? Yes. And you were saying that that's kind of how I think at least even in, you know, our, when we were all adopted, that's kind of, I think what adoptive parents thought they were supposed to do is Mm -hmm. let's not look at that hole. We're just going to put this pretty wallpaper up and raise you. Right. And everything's going to be fine. Right. Absolutely. I I feel like that analogy kind of fits with what we're just talking about too, with staying stuck is I'm fine. Let's just put that wallpaper up, you know, or right. I just, I'm not going to, I don't want to deal with it. So we're going to put that wallpaper over the hole. Or let's punch the hole back through the wallpaper and just live in the <laughs> yeah. hole. And, it, you know, that's where some people are. They just want to yeah. be stuck in the hole. And some people want to cover it up. What you need to do, take the wallpaper off, patch that <laughs> hole, fix that hole. You know, then if you want to put wallpaper on to make it pretty yep. great. Yeah. You have a solid foundation behind right. it. Um, and that's where I want people to get to is, you know, fix the yeah. hole, you know, fix, you know, fix the hole, be, be whole. Yeah. You know, be complete, be your best self. If you want to say that, what are your feelings about national adoption month? I, 
have posted a couple things about that before, and I've gotten some pretty negative feedback. Really? Can't kind of stay away from it. Um, so, <laughs> so for me, um, uh, National Adoption Month. For me, I I also you know I try to be a voice for adoptees that hey, adoption isn't always this pretty picture that everybody thinks it is, and. Yes, in some cases, the child may end up in a better situation. In some cases, they may not. You know, maybe more resources could have been given to the original mother to help them, you know, have the ability to raise this child. Um, And so I try to voice that during National Adoption Month, and I get a lot of pushback uh, from the adoption community because... I'm sure... Apparently, that is a month where, you know, they're really trying to get the message out that more kids need to be adopted, so many kids in foster care, um, and that's an argument to be made. It's not mine, right. um, and so I kind of stay away from National Adoption <laughs> Month now after <laughs> after that. But, yeah, I know. Yeah, we need to have our own month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, because it really doesn't have anything to do with the adoptee at all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, and, and to me, uh, there's a, there's a lot where I just think the adoptee voice needs to be heard more, which is why I love podcasts like this, which is why I love groups um, uh, that talk about it because, you know, if you just, if, if you even search like, adoptee trauma or, you know, relinquishment trauma on Google or whatever, most of the things that pop up are going to be adoption agencies that might have a little page of like, yeah, your kid might have some issues and that's okay, but we adopt, you know, and, uh, and, and so I still don't feel like the adoptee voice is actually being heard in the, in the big picture of the adoption community. Um, and I think more can be done for that. I'd like to see, you know, some websites come up higher in the search that, you know, are more for counseling for adoptees, you know, everything else that, you know, can help people understand the full picture, the full experience that the adoptee goes through and not just promote adoption. Yeah. It sounds like you've been out in the community in these groups for a while have you noticed kind of an uprising recently of adoptees like putting their foot down and going, no, you're going to, you're going to hear me. You're going to listen. Oh yeah. I do too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to see more of it and I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's go into the chakra thing. So you've been exploring how adoption affects the chakras. So mm-hmm. tell everyone they may not know what a chakra is. So <laughs> talk about that a little bit and then uh-huh. how the trauma of adoption can affect your chakras. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, so, so as we were saying, you know, it, if, if you buy into the primal wound and the fact that, um, adoption or relinquishment has created trauma in your life and that that trauma manifests itself throughout your life through relationship issues through you know addiction through um social emotional issues and so when you look at that and as we were talking before there there has to be a healing process Uh, so yes you can accept that okay i have these issues because 
I was relinquished as a child. Um, and these issues have created X, Y, Z to happen in my life. Um, so what can you do to overcome that? And so that's where I've leaned on meditation. Um, I've leaned on massage therapy. Uh, I've leaned on adoptee community uh, where I can express myself, uh, writing, poetry, um, all kinds of different things. But I really feel like the work I've done with the chakras, one day it just kind of hit me. I, I've been into meditation probably since my early mid twenties. Um, you know, uh, I've explored meditation, but never looked at it. I just looked at it more as just a way to center and a way to focus. And three years I've been trying to work on how do I fix these issues that I believe are rooted in my adoption are rooted in my relinquishment. And that's where I started looking at the chakras. So chakras are energy centers in the body. And, uh, there's, you know, seven chakras in the body, starting with your root chakra, and then, you know, going, going all the way up to the, to the top of your head. And so I started looking at, you know, researching, you know, what each chakra is and what energies it involves and started tying that into adoption and the issues that, you know, uh, I, I feel I've experienced through relinquishment and, I feel validated from what I've shared that a lot of other people, you know, feel the same way. And so I, about a year ago, um, I this in a lot of the adoptee groups, uh, starting with the base chakra. So your base chakra is basically the, the base of your spine. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're sitting cross-legged on the floor, you know, where, where you're touching the ground, that's, that's your base chakra. Um, and so, uh, the base chakra is your, is your roots. It's your, you know, it's called your root chakra. Okay. So it's your connection. It's your connection to the earth. Um, and if you're not feeling a connection, well, guess what? You've cut your roots have been cut off. You're not, you're not grounded. You're not connected. Um, and you know, so that can cause, a lot of problems emotionally if you don't feel like you are actually a part of anything. And so, you know, there's, there's exercises you can do to open that chakra back up. Uh, and I discussed that. And then, um, you know, I kind of went through, you know, each chakra, uh, one, um, that one, I actually did a video on and that's the heart chakra. Um, and, um, yeah. I still, to this day, will turn that on and just not, not feeling loved or not feeling um, like anybody cares about me or, or anything like that. I play my own YouTube video. I, I, I lay down on my bed and I, and I turn on that video and it takes you through opening the, so the heart chakra is in the center of your chest um, and it's love, compassion, um, your, you know, uh, connectedness and, and, and so, you know, that exercise just kind of walks you through feeling that and growing it throughout your own body, throughout your own space in your home, throughout your community, throughout the world, throughout the universe, and then kind of brings you back down. And, um, and at the end, you realize your connectedness to everything and you you know so you bring your love out to to the entire existence and then you bring it back down into you and you realize that you're part of the entire existence that 
you just sent all this love to. So therefore you love yourself. Um, and you know, uh, I, it's just a powerful exercise for me. Um, I actually stole it. It's, I, I stole that, uh, exercise from something I heard in my early twenties. It's a, it's a guided meditation. And I, I wish I could give credit to who it was, but I don't even remember. It was a tape that my friend gave me um, that had nothing to do with adoption. Uh, but it basically um, in Buddhism, there's an expression called jewel in the heart of the Lotus, um, which uh, you know, the Lotus is your heart chakra. And so that jewel is that love and that compassion uh, that you have for it. And so the exercise took you through expanding that jewel, throughout your space throughout you know entire existence and bringing you back down and at the end you actually end up blessing yourself and and um and so i just took that and made it you know pertinent to emotions that an adoptee might be feeling and like i said i'd love to give credit to whoever originally created that uh it's not mine but i i did you know, adapt that to the adoptee setting. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think anybody has done that. Yeah. I've, I haven't seen it. And so, so far I've done um, all the chakras up through the throat chakra. I haven't done the top two chakras yet. Hopefully I'll be putting something out on those soon. I actually just created uh, my own space my, my own website, uh, and I'm going to be publishing all those on there. So what, what I'm working on is I've been in the private groups, um, and where I felt safe to, you know, talk, talk about my feelings and, and share and listen to other people's feelings. And I'm at the point where I don't want to hide in the private groups Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, I, I, I want, I want to put it out there, for the public, because I think it's important yeah. that people understand and, and don't, there's nothing wrong with the private spaces. They're wonderful and people can into other adoptees. Yes. It's still a safe place. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I will still be a part of those and very much want to be a part of those because that's a part of my healing yeah. process, but I that's want where you can give a hand up to yes. people who are in those groups. Exactly. But I want to create a public space, you know, and, and, and put it out there for people that maybe haven't found the private groups. Um, and, you know, I was 40 something, I believe, I believe I was in my forties before I found any adoptee groups. Um, and so I didn't know anything like that existed. I didn't know, you know, and, and so I feel like, no, cause we were all fine. We didn't need a group. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so that, that's what I want to do. So um, I created, it's called uh, the relinquished genius.com. Um, and I, it, there's not a whole lot there right now. So th- what that is, is I believe I, I also have a kind of a background in early childhood education. Um, so I believe every child has the, capacity of genius that um, every child starts as a creative genius, not necessarily, you know, Albert Einstein, high IQ, you know, whatever, but, you know, this kid, if floor his genius may start banging on a piano and, you know, if in the wrong environment, their hand gets smacked and they say, you know, you, you know, no, that's not yours. That's for adults you might be stunting that child's genius. That might be the next Mozart. You know what I mean? You have to let these children explore and find their genius. And I feel like the primal wound 
plays a part in separating us from original genius may be because we experienced that trauma at such a young age, along with many other factors with any other trauma you may have experienced in your life or just misguided uh, direction from adults, teachers, parents. Uh, But what I want to explore is how that primal wound has affected our genius and how we find our way back to that genius. That's, that's the, the space I'm creating right now. So I'm going to be putting the, the chakra stuff on there um, eventually soon um, uh, so that other people can find it easier. Um, It's not just in the private groups where I posted it a year ago or, you know, six months ago, it's just always going to be there for people to access. I think, um, I think adoption kind of having that trauma helps you kind of lose your identity or your authenticity from the beginning, because Mm -hmm. from then on, you've lost who you really, where you came from, your root, your roots. And, and then you're kind of told you're thrown into this other um, environment where it's foreign. And so you just kind of conform to that. And you do what you're supposed to do to fit in there. You start playing the role that you're told you're supposed to play. And you've never, you're never told that you are, you can be you. Exactly. (laughs) You're 100% right. So I think that's kind of the, the root of that whole thing that you were just Mm -hmm. talking about is, is where we, we were never able to be authentic exactly. from the beginning. And that's, that's where I'm at is I want people to be able to go back and find their authentic self, whatever that may be, you know, find that genius within them, find that happiness, that joy, the, the original. Find your purpose. Everyone has a purpose. Yeah. Find your Everyone purpose. Everyone has a purpose. So. Absolutely. The, the original, the, if you look at the etymology of the word genius, it just means to create joy, um, you know, and that's it, that's one thing I've struggled with through my whole life. Even when things are going good and I had the great job and I was making the money I wanted to, and I was married and I had the kids and I had the house and I had this, I felt like I was just missing joy. Like I just always felt like there was just something absent there. All I'm doing is trying to fulfill the role that, you know, my adopted parents wanted that my wife wanted that, um, you know, my job wanted and, you know, that, you know, and, and that society wanted, and, and I would, I was never allowed to be my authentic self. And that's where I've been exploring the last three years is, you know, how do I get back to me? Who am I? You know, let me find my passion again. Let me find my joy again. So, and I think that's the work we all need to do adopted or not, you know, I'm only speaking, to it as an adoptee, because that's my experience. But I think there's so many things in life that, you know, that put people in the wrong direction Mm -hmm. and allow them not to be their authentic self. Um, So if we can help bring people back to that, I think that's what we need to be doing. Yeah. That's what my whole first season was about was authenticity. And I didn't realize at the time I was just doing and saying and Mm -hmm. bringing up the topics that I love to bring to people And I didn't realize that when I switched that I was going to, that I did that because of this whole adoption thing now, because it's all about authenticity and coming home to yourself and doing what you, living a life you love. That's what my whole first season was. And so I'm like, oh, well, that's why I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's going to correlate back. Okay. Now I get it. 
things just develop oh like my that, right? And you, you're, you just start doing something and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is why. And this makes sense. You just follow the breadcrumbs. Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. Yep. I'm That's awesome. But for going back to what you said about trying to fit in, I always look at it as, you know, that when you have a puzzle and that one piece that it looks like it fits. Right. And you're like. And you just try to keep you, smashing it in there. And you do because <laughs> <laughs> that's me and you. Right. Absolutely. That's us. <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. Great. So we'll put all your, um, if you want to we'll put your website in the show notes and okay. how to, um, get in touch with you. I know you have a Facebook group now also, correct? Yes. Yep. That you just started. So, um, we'll put all those links in the show notes. Awesome. Well, it's great meeting you, Melissa. Yeah, you too. And I had a great time. Yeah, it was a great talk. And uh, I love what you're doing. And um, I, I I can't wait to uh, get into into listen to some of your other episodes. And and you know, um, it, any way I can help you in what you're doing, um, I'm 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 happy to. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. If you got something new coming going, you can absolutely hop back on here. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming on. All right. Thank you, Melissa. So what a great two episodes with Rick Feltner. As an adoptee, do you ever feel like you are in the fog? Have you identified that? And are you feeling like you are coming out of it? And are you correlating some of your personal traits that you think back and think, oh, well, maybe that could correlate back to my adoption. You know, what I want to say to those people, because coming out of the fog can be very disorienting and scary when you don't even know who you are, that your entire life, you've been told who you are and where you've come from. And you're coming out of that now and you're ready to be authentic. It can be a very scary place. But what I want to say to you is realizing that you are coming out of the fog, even though it's scary, it's the best place to be. And let me tell you why. Because you have decided to rip that bandaid off and actually look at the wound that you have. And that is step one of the healing from the trauma that you have been through. That is the first step. And it's so important to do that. And it's huge. It is so huge. So give yourself some compassion if this is where you're at. And give yourself some time to Look at that wound and really assess what actually is going on there. Because, you know, putting that Band-Aid on is kind of like that wallpaper that we were talking about. Putting the wallpaper up to cover up a hole in the wall. It's just a pretty costume. It's just a label that you put on that you're fine and you're not fine. But now you've taken the Band-Aid off. Because keeping that Band-Aid on when you have a wound and it's trying to heal, have you ever noticed that it kind of keeps the wound kind of not healing and it's just kind of nasty under there and it just sits there because you haven't 
let the air into it. You've been covering it up. You've got to uncover that wound to let the air hit it and to put some medicine on it so that it can heal. But you can't do that with that Band-Aid on. And I'm not saying that taking these first steps and going through the process of peeling the layers is going to make everything better and it's going to be restored 100% because that wound is going to leave a scar. But at least you're not going to have that gaping hole anymore. You can spackle up that hole. You can heal the wound. And you can learn from everything that you've been through. And part of that journey is giving back to the ones that are going through it after you. And that is what I'm hoping to do for you today. If you need someone to talk to, you can email me at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. I'm here for you. And I want to hear and help. So I'm here to listen. And if I have some wisdom to give, I'm here for that too. It's time to come home. It's time to come home to yourself. And what an exciting spot to be in because you get to discover you. And that can be anything that you want it to be. So why not let it be your authentic self so you can live a life that you love? I hope you got some things to think about from this episode today. As always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Mind Your Own Karma, The Adoption Chronicles. I've had listeners ask how they can help support this podcast. The best way to do that is rate and review this podcast directly on your listening platform. You have no idea how this small gesture helps get the word out about this podcast. Don't forget to click the subscribe tab to get notified of future episodes so you won't miss a thing. You can also find my Instagram and Facebook links below if you would like to follow and support me there as well. Lastly, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Adoption Chronicles season of the podcast, you can email me at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.